Alright, good evening everybody. Good evening. Praise the Lord. Okay. Giving God the glory. Um, a lot of wonderful things has been happening. Let me kind of fill you all in. We have our new uh, microphones. Court wireless. And, and hopefully, Miss Vic, I'm going to put this in my pocket so that I don't mess up tonight. I anyway, um, we had one of the most gifted pastors meetings here last night. And Kyle came over. Remember Pastor Kyle? He came for the first time. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit was moving among the men that was here last night. And our desire is for other, other men of God to join us from the city. And we've sent out invitations to them, but they have not responded. But the handful of us that was here last night, it was just absolutely wonderful. When I came in, one of the brothers was sitting in his car, Brother Ron from across the street. Uh, the barber and I came in with a song on my heart by Darling Check with new song, uh, with Hillsong um, Jesus I believe in you and I put it on and let me tell you it set the tone music can change the atmosphere yes, it can. And, and get your heart ready to meet Jesus in the spirit and I tell you Crystal I wish you all could have been here. And I shared with them some things that the Lord been showing me in dreams. And what we're about to go over tonight, we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts tonight. And last night, we witnessed one of those gifts in operation. And uh, it was just so amazing to sit there and receive a word from God. And uh, I, I tell you, God, God is so awesome in all of his ways. Also, um, God, God is increasing my level, level of knowledge in the scriptures. I don't know how to explain it to you all, what's happening with me right now, but it's absolutely wonderful from heaven. I, I'm telling you, Lord Jesus, is, he's elevating his wisdom in me beyond measure. And uh, I just ordered a, a new Bible. I think I told you all a little bit about it on Sunday. The Orthodox Jewish Bible that, that has both the Old and New Testament written in Hebrew. But it gives the English exp explanations and all. And I was amazed how reading the Hebrew, I actually understood it, Crystal. I go, oh, so that's, oh yeah. But then what God reveals... It's a whole, whole new dynamic of understanding who God is and what he's done for us. At the same time, um, I wanted to pray for the young man that was killed Friday night that I used to teach vacation Bible school to, but the spirit wouldn't let me last night. And I kept hearing the saying in my spirit, God is not the God of the dead. 
but of the living. And I believe if I'd have brought that up last night, I would have quenched the spirit. And so tonight, you all are in for a treat from the Holy Spirit. We'll just have to turn one of the lights off then. Twelve. What we're what we're about to embark upon in a few minutes is absolutely amazing. But before we go to the Holy Scriptures, I'm going to ask you all to do something tonight. I would like for you all to join me in prayer, but I want you to join me on one accord. And that is, let's ask Lord Jesus to come and sit with us. As we embark upon this journey, as Paul is writing this letter to the Corinthians, and see what God is going to say to these people. And then, let's ask Lord Jesus to help us sit in the pews as if we were the Corinthians that the letter is being addressed to. And then, allow our hearts to be moved for the glory of God and the Holy Spirit bringing us to this level of understanding in Christ Jesus in spiritual gifts because God is doing something wonderful with you all I look back a year ago and I see where you all were spiritually versus where you all are now and let me tell you God is doing amazing things in all of you all of you and it's not because of me it's because of him. Amen. Okay? We're all the family of God. Okay? So let's let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to bring that unity in among us. We want Jesus our Lord here. Boys, can y'all join the tables? Seats at the table, teens. Hello, Deshaun. Good to see you. Oh, we miss you Thursday night. We really wanted your presence here last Thursday night. During the banquet. Harvey, come on up. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. By the way, is there any prayer request before we start? Is there any need other than pray for Miss Nelson's health? Amen. She's, she's having some issues that can end up being critical issues if it's not dealt well. She said it was her father. That's another issue. That's so many issues. And so, Big Brother, how are you doing? Doing good, thank you. Got your hair slicked back today. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just had to go there. The dog licked my head back. Oh, my Lord, there he is. He didn't start. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Father. Will your children, purchased by the blood of your son, Jesus. Lord, we're asking now that you be with us for the glory of Father sits upon the throne. Lord Jesus, you're God's great high priest over his house. Nothing goes before Father unless it comes to you first and you bless it. Because you are absolutely the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one or even prayers get to the Father unless they come through you. And we desire that you be with us right now. And we're asking that you examine our hearts, our thoughts. Forgive us for our sin. We acknowledge them. And we confess them, Lord, that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we ask now, Lord, by your blood, keep us pure, Lord. And by your spirit, fill us afresh. And Lord, we desire that the spirit of God be with us right now. Father, we desire your presence with us because you're awesome and you are the Lord God, the Almighty. You're the only living God. <coughs> and we're asking now, Father, be glorified. Glorify your name now and glorify your son, Jesus, with the glory you two had before the world was. I ask now, Lord, that you touch every person here Bring us on one accord. Help our mindsets be of that of being in your presence right now. There's nothing greater than being in the presence of the Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus. We want you where we are. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for making this possible now. And Lord, reveal to us in your word those things in which we need to know. Lord, and then transform us. And we are in Christ Jesus. We're one with you, Lord, and one with the Father, and one with one another. I ask now, Lord, that you heal your people. Heal them, Lord. You said, if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and seek your face and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then you will hear from heaven and heal their land and forgive them of their sins. Lord, we're asking that you do this now, not only to your people Israel, but to your children around the world. Have your way, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch Miss Nelson right now. Touch her body and make her whole and regulate her mind to be steadfast on you right now, Lord Jesus. And as she go to the doctor to inquire of what's going on with her father, we ask, Lord, we ask for wisdom, we ask for comfort, and we ask for guidance. And above all, understanding. Have your way, Lord, with her. And by your stripes, she's healed right now, supernaturally. Go in her body, Lord. Touch every cell, every nucleus. Restore God. That's what I'm saying in the spirit. Restore her spiritually and physically for your own glory. And Father, touch Brother Amelia's, that cough that he has. Clear his lungs up, Lord. In the name of Jesus, thank you. And Father, we pray that you give uh, our brother, Crystal's husband, you give him favor for a job. Give him favor, Lord. And Father, touch Shelly's body. Take the soreness out of her muscles and strengthen her in this hour. And now, Lord, as we go into your word, we're praying for those around the world 
that they would take this gospel of the kingdom and share it with their neighbors and with the stranger, with their acquaintances and loved ones, with their colleagues and bosses, and even those that are sitting in the church, Lord, need to hear the truth, and your truth will set them free. Have your way, Lord Jesus. You are the apple of our eye, and we love you. Move, Holy Ghost, now, we pray. Touch those that are walking by and looking in with an inquisitive eye. Let them see that the word of God is going forth. Touch them, Lord. Because the day is coming that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that you, Jesus, the very Christ of God, is Lord over all creation. For the glory of the Father sits upon the throne. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest Holy Spirit. Speak. Speak for your children are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been in this glorious book. Yes. And um, I'm excited about what the Lord is getting ready to do tonight. Why spiritual gifts? Why at this juncture of teaching? What moved the Corinthians to ask Paul about spiritual gifts? And he's responding to their inquiry. Why? Of all the letters that's written in Scripture, other than the book of Acts, we don't see spiritual gifts mentioned like this. This is a very detailed teaching on the gifts of the Spirit given to men. The first mentioning that we see in the scriptures of a person receiving spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit is when the children of Israel was in the wilderness and the tabernacle had not yet been built. And God told Moses, he said, I've placed my spirit upon this particular individual and he, the spirit of wisdom will be in him and he will design, he will lay out and he will build everything that's needed for the tabernacle. Well, that's about what? Hmm. 3,500 years ago? That's the first mentioning that God had given spiritual gifts to men. But it doesn't stop there. Every believer, every person who's born again, has received a spiritual gift from the Holy Ghost. Some may only have one gift. Others may have multiple gifts. Paul had them all. All the apostles had all of the spiritual gifts. Every last one of them. Some brothers and sisters today have every last one. And there's a difference between spiritual uh, positions such as pastors and teachers than there are with the spiritual gifts. And you may seem like that some of them are the same, but there's a difference between being in a position to do the work and then having the ability to do the work. Amen. 
Is, is that clear to everybody? And so the Holy Spirit is going to delineate what that difference is. Okay? Surely, I love picking on Crystal because her face is just always before mine. <laughs> let's just say you have the gift of teaching, big brother. Or let's just, you teach music. You teach singing. Anyone can go to school and learn how to teach. Basically, right? But can they do it on a supernatural level? No. That's what makes a difference. And see, this new thing called the church had a lot of functions that had to take place. And truly, there were talented people within the Corinthian church. But they were not supernatural talented. And their earthly talents were not necessarily good enough for the work of God. Now, here's wisdom from a Hebrew standpoint. God takes that which he has naturally given you. Okay? Because have you ever seen where some people have natural leadership abilities? Or natural teaching abilities? Or natural faith? They just believe. Right? But when God gets a hold of that person, he perfects the gift that's in them. So that the gift is no longer natural. The gift is now what? Spiritual. Spiritual. It's divine. And it's what this world calls supernatural. Okay? That's what Jesus does with you and I by the Holy Ghost. And that's what has to take place in the economy of God. Another word for the economy of God is the family of God or the house of God or the people of God. There's nothing normal about God. <coughs> Are you hearing me? Therefore, there's nothing normal about you. So stop seeing yourselves as being normal Christian. There's no such thing as normal Christians. There are extraordinary gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's not normal. Let's take a look. Now concerning spiritual gifts. Brother, I would not have you to be what? Ignorant unaware, misinformed. You need to know what's going on with you. Okay? You need to know why you're able to do the things that you are doing for the glory of Christ in his house. Okay? And I'm not talking about you going out there hiring some CEO with a master's degree in business to be your pastor. And I'm not talking about you going hiring the best secretary from the best secretary school to be the church secretary. I'm talking about when God gets a hold of it. I want to talk a second about music. Don't you know that God appointed music leaders? 
Who do you think or what do you think the chief enemy of God was? He was a music director. He was the music guy. Yeah, inside his body. Yes. Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah chapter 14. He was very musical. He was the best there was. Because God made him as such. Why do you think he used it to draw people? I'm telling you, you can take the most hmm, walking straight person with the right kind of music, you can pull that person in the wrong direction if that person is not rooted and grounded in Christ. Music can do things to the soul that no other people can do. When you have a little baby and you put on a, a nice thumping sound, what happened with the little kid? What do you see automatically? And time to dance. Or you, you don't have to teach it to the child, right? Gifts. Gifts from God. All right? You know that you were Gentiles. Now, this in this case, Gentiles is not necessarily talking about non-Jewish people. It's talking about, pe about people who were simply dumb to the things of God. Okay? Dumb to the things of God. Ignorant. Okay? So you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led? Alright, well we he just dressed throughout this entire letter out of worship. We know that, right, for the past several weeks that we was covering this chapter. So look, there's a lot of stuff out there that's been pulling you in the wrong direction. Okay, that's because you didn't know any better. Alright? On the NIV side. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. Let me tell you. If you want to curse Jesus, the Holy Ghost not is not in you. The Holy Spirit of the living God is not in you. Because one thing the Holy Spirit will not do is have you blaspheme the Son of God. And that's what cursing is. If you go back to a familiar passage in Genesis chapter 12, one of the things that God said to the man Abraham, he said, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Now, if God said that about a man, how much more he's going to say that about his son Jesus? Okay. Anyway, so it's clear. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God and Holy Spirit, same one. That means when you are seeing these things about Jesus, that is, He's Lord, that means you belong to what? To Him. To him. You're on it tonight, brother. God bless you. Your wife going to sleep on us tonight. Thank you. <laughs> 
letting him talk. Oh, my, my, my. I'm getting ready to start a conversation up here. Crystal, you ready to referee between your parents? <laughs> Let's say spirit again. So, how can you curse God if the Spirit of God is in you? I trust him with all my heart. You won't. You will love the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart. And you will do those things as to the best of your ability to please him. Okay? So, the Spirit, you know that Jesus is Lord. He's your Lord. Okay? Now, in verse 4, he's getting ready to do something here. Explain some very powerful things. Because within the Corinthian church, there was a hierarchy among the people because of their, society, their uh, societal positions or their social positions. And so they wanted to carry in to the church those hierarchies. Now, as a sociology major, we call those things stratification. Okay? Scratification is the different tiers that we stack people on. All right? You scratify people. And you got the ones at the bottom, and, and, and you know how to climb from there, right? And you put people in different social classes or economical classes or whatever classes you want to put them in. And it really divides people, right? He's getting ready to explain some stuff. And for the first time, He's getting ready to unify the church. And this will bring harmony. It will bring completeness. And it will bring maturity among God's people. And they will finally be able to work together to accomplish the work of Christ. Unity. Unity. Paul talks about that in his letter to the church in Ephesus, and he calls it, he called the Holy Spirit the spirit of unity, and that he's bringing together in the, in the bond of unity, in the bond of peace, okay? Getting everybody to work together on the same sheet of music, getting them to think the same way, okay? To develop their walk with the Lord together. And it's almost to the point that church is supposed to mimic the relationship that husband and wife have. And that relationship is, you call her and say, honey, did you pick up bread from the store? You say, you know, I was just thinking that that's why I stopped by the store to pick up some bread. You go, this is scary. We're thinking just alike. Unity. And the bond of peace. Okay? That kind of harmony has to be in the church. So, verse 4 is where he's going to describe this. I'm on a New King James Version, sorry. There are differences of ministries. Okay? But the same Lord. Some people look down when a particular ministry does not have the name church behind it. Such as First Baptist Church or United Methodist Church, but if it says Witnesses of Christ Ministry, all of a sudden, oh, you're not a church. What? what? I've had church associations say to me, you can't join us because you're a ministry and you're not a church. I'm going, Lord, 
What part of 1 Corinthians 12 did these people not read? What part did they did not understand? Because there it is in black and white right there. Everybody see it from back there? Arve, you see it? In verse 4? Uh-uh. What happened? Uh, we need to go back down. I haven't even touched on verse 5. Come, come, come down a little bit for me. So, with the diversities of gift by the same spirit, everybody, there are differences of administrations or ministries. You may take and assemble 15 people to go and do what we call a street ministry. Right? Because the Holy Ghost told you to do that. You may take Vernon, Arve, Deshaun, Crystal, you may take Emma, and the likes, right? Then you go out on the streets, and all of a sudden, people are going, oh, that's just some youth meeting, or that's just some folks out there doing stuff. They're not that important. So we're not going to give much attention to them. All right? Let me tell you something. Watch your tongue. Because this ministry that the Holy Spirit had you to put together and to go to the streets, taking the gospel to the streets, is just as important as a man standing in the pulpit. Hello. Okay? Because that's what he's telling us. The professor in the classroom teaching Biblical Old Testament is just as important as the pastor of a 40,000 member church. Okay? We need to stop looking down on positions in the body of Christ. That's what this is designed to do, is to get the Corinthians to see, look, it's a playing, an equal playing field. <clears throat> there's, every, there's equality within the body of Christ. The works in which God has sent Jesus to do, there was no time that Jesus ever told his disciples that one was better than the other. Never. Matter of fact, James and John got their butts in trouble because the mama came and said, hey, Jesus, that's something I want you to do for me. But what's that? I want you to set my sons, one on your left hand and one on your right, when you enter into your kingdom. She's going, what? She pushed her sons up to go and say that to him. And boy, the other ten apostles were burning up. <laughs> Let me tell you, they're ready to get them brothers. Because they thought they were better than everybody by saying that. No, Jesus told, first of all, it's not for me to give. This has already been prepared for those. God has already made decision who will have what. Amen. Amen? But this is a very sensitive area. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works in all. You notice how he said, Lord, and then God? 
That means the same one has sovereign control over every activity within the body of Christ. And he's still the same God. He has not changed. Amen. Okay? You may have a horse riding ministry to cripple people one day or to handicap kids. And it opens the door for you to teach them the gospel and their families the gospel. Does that mean you are not a church or part of the body of Christ because you're using animals to draw people to the kingdom? No. It means God said this is another way to reach people with the gospel. Don't you have a friend that sells health insurance or life insurance that does that? Yeah. I mean, how do you think a lot of missionary gets into communist countries? They go into the guise of athletics. Or nurses. Or nurses. Or doctors. Or builders. Or digging wells. Like Jane Robinson them does. Okay, he's a Texas boy. Him and his wife. Digging wells. Who would ever have thought? Everybody need drinking water. And just as people need drinking water, they need the what? The gospel. <laughs> Amazing. God is wise. You can bring it on up now, Emma. I'm on verse 7. On the NIV, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. What does that mean? What does manifestation mean here? Manifestation means the Holy Spirit has made himself known. The Holy Ghost will make himself known to you when you're doing the work of Christ. Amen. You will not be out here as a lone ranger on your own. Okay? And you will certainly know who you are representing or who you're not representing. Okay? Like Ananias and Sapphira. Found out real quick, didn't they? Who they were not representing. So, given this, everybody... He's using this as a inroad to get into the hearts of these people to say, okay, now let's all sit down to the table and let's look at the fact what God is doing with you, 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 and you, and bring all these gifts together and watch them operate for the whole common good of the church. And the common good of the church will reach people with the gospel. Amen. In one accord. In one accord. Let's see how that's spelled out. So, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. That means you can teach beyond what the University of Florida has taught you to do in the classroom when you're in God's classroom. You're able to teach things supernaturally. How many times we've been in here and the Spirit reveals something to us that we never heard before? And we go, wow, where did that come from? <coughs> Spirit of wisdom. That's the gift God has given us. Okay? And if you notice, he's not speaking exclusively to preachers here, is he? Who's he talking to? 
Everyone. Isn't this amazing? So from now on, I don't expect y'all to look at me for all the answers and all the work. Lord of all. Look in the mirror. Hello. Look in the mirror. To another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. You ever wonder why a preacher or someone, a brother or sister, knows something about you that you didn't know they knew? Last night, God sent a word to me. To one of these spiritual gifts sitting right here at the table with those pastors. After I had read to them what God had showed me three times in a dream, and it was absolutely overwhelming. And then the Holy Spirit gave the man of God a word of knowledge. And he spoke that word confirming what the dreams were saying. And now I can't reveal to you all yet what those are. What? I can't. <laughs> You can beat me all you want to. <laughs> but we just have to wait and see. Amen? But I was blown away to sit there and hear God speak to me like that. Wow. All right. To another faith by the same spirit. I'm going to testify at the same time to tell you Belinda Nelson has this gift. She, she used to operate in it. Here lately, she's been letting things distract her. Don't you all know? Also, I better stop and put this, this warning out there to you all. You need to pray to Jesus and ask him what spiritual gift he has given you. And then you need to ask the Lord to perfect that gift in you. One this, I can give you a couple of the spiritual gifts that the Lord has given me. One, discerning the spirits. By the Holy Ghost, I'm able to tell whether evil spirit is at work in someone. And the other one, the gift of healing, but not when I want to. Healing, but when he wants it. Understand? Looking on. I was going to say, I was going to tell y'all a quick testimony. When we found out that Belinda was pregnant with, with Melissa, went, first went to the doctor trying to figure out why was she so sick. And Dr. Mathis, I still remember his name. In Bad Hersfeld, Germany, on our second tour in Germany in 1987, he says to me, and Ms. he said, good news, you're pregnant. And Dr. Mathis is one of those doctors that doesn't hold his tongue. And he has no, no tact. He said, good news, you're pregnant. Bad news, the, the baby's aborting itself. And my heart just melted within me. And right away, my wife said, God is going to give us this baby. Y'all already laid eyes on her. So, Belinda exercised extraordinary faith. Uh, to another, 
the gifts of healing by that one spirit. There is no healing ministry. Don't you hear me? There is no such thing as a healing ministry. What you see is that when the glory of God come in among his people, when the spirit is moving on God's children, it is at that moment the spirit leads that person to go and begin to touch people in Jesus' name and to speak words of healing in Jesus' name into that person's body. Amen. Just like you speak the word of wisdom into someone's spirit or the word of knowledge into someone's spirit or you encourage them by the spirit of faith and say, God is going to do this. We don't know how, but he just said he's going to do it. So we just got to hold on. Okay? Oftentimes these gifts, you cannot see them. You can never see them. What you can see is the manifestation of them being worked in a person's life or in a situation. The gift themselves are spirit. You cannot see them. So all you see is the work of the spirit. All you see is the work of the spirit. And that's why Lord Jesus told we better be careful with our tongues. Do not attribute the work of the Holy Spirit to dead of demons. Because when you do, you've just put yourself in an everlasting condemnation position. Never to be forgiven by God. Jesus said that. It's the Holy Ghost that's doing the work. Okay? To another, the work in the miracles. Another way that can be translated is the working of wonders. That means extraordinary events take place from the heavens to the earth. Can you give such an event in the Bible? Parting of the Red Sea. Parting of the Red Sea. What's another one? Feeding the multitudes. Well, that's Jesus himself. Of course, he operated in all that. Let's just say outside of Jesus. This is Jesus. Let's talk about. That's the gift of him. Well, that's God. But I'm talking about using a man. When Peter healed people. That's the gift of healing. I'm talking about miracle. Anybody remember the prophet Elijah? What he did. Two great events in the scriptures. Oil and little... That's Elisha. Oh. Elijah. Elijah. Number one, he spoke in the heavens locked up for three and a half years. Right. It did not ring. That's a miracle. Yeah. Then he spoke again, and it did what? That's when they were at war, and all the angels, and all the, they opened up heaven, and they saw the chariots and the angels. That's Elisha. Elisha. We'll get them separated sometime. <laughs> when Elijah told his servant to go, they was on Mount Carmel, he said, go out and look towards the sea. And tell me what you see. Do you see any clouds? He come back and said, nope. He said, go look again. Nope. Go back and look again. Check it, Emma. Go back and look again. He said, I see a little beady one. <laughs> what? You see a little beady one? That means that cloud was a far off, right? 
Because when it got closer, it was a monster. And they told Ahab, you better get your chariot out of here because you're going to get stuck in the mud. <laughs> and the scripture say Elijah pulled up his gown and he outran the chariot. <laughs> yeah. That's miracles. Those are miracles. You hear me? Can you close up? Can you tell? By the way, the panhandle needed you yesterday. They did. It dropped all kind of tornadoes in the panhandle yesterday. Last night it rained real hard. Yeah. If you'd have been there, if you had that guess, all right, that's it. That's the end. No more. Stop it. In Jesus' name. Some people have these gifts from the Holy Ghost. So we see it. To another prophecy. And those gifts do not be misled and misguided by people who say there are no prophecies today. Don't believe in that lie. Paul makes it very clear in his letter to, to the Thessalonians in chapter 5. He said, do not despise prophecy. Here to another church, he's telling us one of the spiritual gifts. That means God is getting ready to speak a word to somebody, to, to the body, about what's about to happen. And that may happen in one day. It may happen in six years. But it's going to happen. Okay? So prophecy is very much alive by God. To another discerning the spirits. I walked into prison one day into the infirmary and I heard Dr. McFadden, a Christian man, say to this one inmate, there's nothing else I can do for you. You're refusing to allow me to treat you. And so you need to sign this waiver. The man signed. He said, I can't help you, but this man can. You ever walk in up on something that caught you by surprise? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that caught me by surprise, just like that. So walk in and immediately ask the man, what's your name? And the demon wouldn't let him speak. I knew the man was demon-possessed. Right then and there. And the man was dying. He had mutilated himself, and he was bleeding out, and his pressure was dropping. Something rapidly had to be done to save this man's life. And to give you just a portion of this testimony... The Lord Jesus rebuked the demon. And the man allowed Dr. Mafatin them to start working on him. Amen. And even with a crowd of people standing watching, correction officers, his his mental health worker, and matter of fact, she screamed out when I told the demon, I said, Satan, I'm not talking to you. You be quiet. Now I'm talking to so-and-so. 
And I said, look back at me. And he turned his head back to me. And I said, Jesus Christ loves you. And he sent these people here to minister health back to you. Will you allow them now? And the demon wouldn't speak. I said, devil, I told you. I'm not talking to you. And when I said that, his mental health worker screamed out, oh, my God, I got to go tell my church. I've never seen anything like this. I'm going, I don't know what church you've been going to. <laughs> I know my God is able. Okay. I know Jesus is Lord over the demons. I know. And I had to deal with demon spirits several times in that prison. But you can't let them frighten you. You can't let them frighten you. So, you all have the same capability from the Holy Spirit to determine whether or not a demon is at work in someone's life. Or even your own life if you're on a demonic attack. Do you hear me? It happened one day here. So I'm going to remind you all. This sister right here detected a spirit of infirmity on me. And the Holy Spirit confirmed it by the mouth of a sister in Christ 1,800 miles away and told me what to do about it. And I did. And that spirit of infirmity left me. You didn't know you was operating under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, did you? When he told you, and you said the very word, that's a spirit of infirmity. That's the sign of the spirit. What's infirmity? Spirit of sickness, spirit of weakness. Remember, there was a period that I was constantly like, uh, yes. complain all kind of sickness, and yes. even to the point I thought I was dying. And she said, you need to take authority over this now because that spirit, Satan has sent this spirit to kill you. And you need to take this serious. And you need to openly rebuke it with the authority of Jesus Christ. And I had to take authority over it. And it didn't happen like this. I had to keep going because that thing came after me with everything it had. But my God is greater. Amen. Woo, Jesus is greater. We've been there with him. We've been there with him. Yes, hallelujah. Okay. All right, moving right along. And now the next areas in which we're going to be covering is so misunderstood that it causes, not the scriptures now, but people lack of understanding of what's about to follow next causes so much confusion in the body of Christ to even to the point some churches or some Christians mock other Christians. <coughs> and that <gasps> you have to be careful. 
I didn't know she was in there. She's listening. Oh, bless her heart. She looked at me. I, I shook it. I didn't know she was in there. Bless her heart. Hey, dog. Hey, big, big, big. Hey, sweetie. Hey. See what the pastor did? I done upset the baby. Anyway, as we look on, this one right here, in verse 10, another gift by the Holy Spirit is the diverse kinds or the different kinds of tongues. Let's take a look at what this means. If Shella hadn't broke my laser, I could have been using it. Yeah. This is the word tongue right here. Glyson. Emma, will you put the cursor on this? And will you right click it? Right yeah, on the mouse, right click. And will you click here? Click that one. All right. I want you to get understanding what this is because in the book of Proverbs, it says, in all you're getting, get an understanding. That's what moves the heart of God when his children understand him. Okay? Tongue. Literally the organ of speech and taste. Figuratively, as a means of verbal communication, tongue, or what? Language. Language. Spoken language. Not a language in which people don't understand, but a language in which people can understand. Click off of that number, please. Bring back up the other one. Use the King James side to bring up Acts chapter 2. Go back up one. Right here. No, no, no. Acts, Acts. Chapter 2. I do the same here. Don't do not click on the box because I don't want everything else to change. Do the same thing here. Okay. In verse four, here it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Emma, this is the word Lalean, which means this is infinite, means to speak, okay, or to say or to utter. Right here. I want you to right click on this, and I guarantee you're going to find this in, in the plural. Right click, come here. All right, what does it say? 
Same thing, right? I'm going to click off of that one. Put the cursor back on it. Right here. Just put, matter of fact, minimize that one. This screen, go, go minimize. Come to this screen here and put Acts chapter 2, verse 4. I want to show you all something. All right. Now, Emma, put your cursor on that. Everybody look in this block. What is this here says? What does it say? Plural. Why is that significant for you and me right now? Why is that? No, 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 Emma. Keep, keep. So, that means language, languages. On the day of Pentecost, those people were given a supernatural ability by God to speak known languages. Not an unknown language or unknown tongue, big brother. A known language. Foreign language. Yeah, remember they talked to one another. They could communicate. Right. Uh, there's testimony after testimony after testimony around the world where people have spoken to other people, foreigners in their native tongue, speaking the gospel to them, and they didn't even know they were speaking. All they thought they were speaking was English. Amen. And the foreigner going, understood everything they said. And even the interpreter going, you were speaking Russian. You know, no, I was speaking English. No, you wasn't. <laughs> no, I don't know Russian. In the spirit you do. Yes, sir. I, I saw on TV this. Go back to the other screen, Emma. The, the regular teaching screen. This man, he was in the mission field, and he heard people speaking in, in foreign tongues, and one was speaking English. Uh-huh. And he didn't know English, but he was speaking in tongues. Look at God. And that's, that's one of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives for the sole purpose of bringing God's people together or bringing other people together to hear the gospel. There's nothing impossible for God. Don't you understand the Holy Spirit had thought through everything there is in creation? Especially when it comes to everything. Notice how I just said that? Nothing is exempt. He knows everything. And he knows exactly what it takes to reach other people. Okay? All right, last five minutes. So in, in, in verse 10, so there's different kinds of tongues, otherwise languages, and still another interpretation of languages. All of a sudden, a person is given the ability to interpret languages. Oh, I understood what that person just said. Now, I kind of understand a couple languages, a little bit. You understand a couple of in Two at least. Two at least. <laughs> Me? Two and a half. <laughs> Actually, three and a half. But God is able to do what he needs done with us for the glory of his son, Jesus. You're in the health profession. 
You may have a patient that God wants to reach that doesn't speak English. And all of a sudden, the patient is responding to you and you go, what's happening? The patient now understands you. And that person is responding. Both of you all are nurses. You didn't know that? I'm not a nurse, no. No, not a nurse? What are you? A scrub tech. I don't know what that is, <laughs> but that's okay. And so, here you have it, everybody. The Holy Spirit is at work. Everything that we've talked about here tells you and I that the Holy Spirit is actively involved. He's not passive in the church. He have you working, Miss Marie. He have you working. Every last one of us who will submit ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is actively working in our lives for the sole purpose of making God and Lord Jesus known. And so that we can grow spiritually. Okay? In verse 11, but all these work that one and the self-same spirit divide into every man severally as he will. Whose choice is it to give you a, 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 a spiritual gift? Who choice is that? The Holy Spirit himself. That's what Paul just told. God and Lord Jesus, they do their thing. The Holy Spirit does his. Amen. And the Holy Ghost determine what your spiritual gift is going to be. He, he, from my understanding, Crystal, he can also take a gift away or always increase a gift. But there is a warning from the Apostle Paul in his letter to the church in Rome. He said the gift and the calling of God are ear. Revocable. So when you get to heaven, you may have to explain to God why you set on the gifts that his spirit gave you. You know, all them beautiful voices that are out in the world that's getting Grammys. Well, they're going to have to answer to God why they did not use those voices to glorify him. Some started out. Yeah, and they left because of... As, as King James writer call it, filthy lucre. Okay? We're all given the gifts for the glory of Christ. It's his church. Down to the little things. And he's going to get on into that. Especially on over into chapter 14. He's... What about the prayer language? Huh. He's, he's going to get on into that in chapter 14 specifically. He's really going to hammer this thing home in chapter 14 about the prayer language. And you're going to see the difference in that than what he's talking about here. Okay? There's yet more to come. That's right. No, ma'am, there's a difference. In this case, this is not the prayer language. This the ability to speak to someone that doesn't speak your language. Because we didn't go back to the Greek when we were reading that. Okay. This the ability to talk to someone who does not speak your language, your native tongue. All right? 
just like on the day of Pentecost. All right, for as, as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. And we'll stop there tonight. Um, verse 12. Every last one of us in the church have different gifts. Some of us may have similar gifts, but different capacities with that gift. So you can't do what he called me to do. Okay? You may be a teacher, and I'm a teacher, but you may be better teaching something than I am. Okay? What we used to say in the army, you need to stay in your own lane. A lane is when you're on the rifle range, there are boundary markers on your left and on your right. And you are not to shoot past your own boundary markers because if you do, what's going to happen to the guy on your left and your right? You might take him out. Same thing at war. We used to have what we call aiming stakes. And the aiming stakes are put on the right end of your uh, foxhole on the left side. So at night, especially during night firing, if the enemy is shooting at you, the aiming sticks block you. And you will actually be able to intersect fire with the person on your right and your left, but it won't go so far to kill that person. Okay? There's a, there's a purpose to the madness there. Okay? But God's saying, stay in your own lane. The Holy Ghost is saying, Stay in your own lane. Notice it didn't say Jesus gave these gifts. He said the Spirit, and the Spirit is the one who operates the church. The Spirit of God is the one who operates the body of Christ. Amen. Okay? And so he's saying, stay with your own gifts. That's why there's confusion when everybody try to use everybody else's gift. And you mess things up. I know I got a big mouth. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> All right, any questions? Yes, sir. Cut up. Cut up, destroy. Boy, the Corinthian church is getting a level of teaching that the. This is a deep one. I got a question. Yes, sir. Is it in Corinthians where it says something about uh, getting saved? If you get saved, it's because the Holy Spirit draws you to. The Holy Spirit draws you when people get saved. Is that is that is that in, in Corinthians or somewhere else in the Bible? I mean, that's part of John's writing and Paul. It's addressed in Corinthians. We'll get to it. But actually, this whole chapter right here is for that purpose. Mm -hmm. Not only maturing a body of people to do the work of Christ, but for the purpose of drawing people. Yes. And you're going to see that in the next couple of chapters. She's going to go into that. Okay. Any questions? Shelly, no questions? Be the first. <laughs> oh my Lord, that's why you need to write your questions down. Well, I, I, I know it's just looking over that in the course of my life I've seen 
quite a few of those that I've been used on and off, you know. At the appropriate time, the Holy Spirit will anoint you to use those gifts. Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't get to pick and choose the gift, and we don't get to pick and choose the time. You can walk in the flesh and and try to use those gifts. And if that, if the Holy Spirit wants to touch the other person when you're walking in the flesh, he'll do his thing. But he'll get you for not being spiritually minded. Does that make any sense to everybody? You have to be under the leading of the Holy Spirit when you're operating in these gifts. Okay? All right. Let's pray, and I was going to show some of you about the new stuff tonight, the new equipment. But if you got to go, you got to go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your lesson on spiritual gifts by the Holy Spirit. And Lord Jesus, it's all for your glory. And Lord, I pray now, Father, that we will learn continually as your Spirit teach this difficult subject because it's been so misunderstood and so abused, Lord. And some even deny that spiritual gifts are in effect in the church today. But your church is still here and you're gaining new members and new members have to be taught also and be used by you. And so, Lord, we're asking that you continue to open our eyes. We're asking our friends around the world to trust in the Lord Jesus for he's the only way to salvation. And Lord Jesus, we know that you died for all sinners and you've given everyone the opportunity to repent by returning to you. And you, Lord, at, the, at your own decision, you will save that person. Thank you, Lord, now for your word. And we pray that you continue to bless us, give us favor so that we can do your will, Father, for your own glory and the glory of your son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do with us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.